Hi, and welcome to Follow's weekly message podcast. Thanks for joining us. We hope this message inspires you and helps you to follow Jesus in your community for His glory. Here's the message. Proverbs 18 to 15 says, The heart of the discerning acquires knowledge, for the ears of the wise seek it out. The second reading is Proverbs 15, 14, and it says, The discerning heart seeks knowledge, but the mouth of a fool feeds on folly. Well, good morning, church family. Hard to believe that uh, I'm still talking to you via a screen, but great to come to you this morning and share some of the Word of God with you. Um, Well, just wanted to share a little bit of a story as we start off. Uh, I was saved uh, back in 1989, nearly 32 years ago. I remember my first few years of walking with the Lord as He lovingly worked in my life just to help me massage some of the sinful habits uh, out of the, and behaviors out of the lifestyle that I was used to at that time. During those initial years, I got involved in some offshoot church. Uh, the right person with the right compassion crossed my path at a vulnerable time. Everyone I met at this church was friendly. The man discipling me always had time for me, was always encouraging and open to conversation. Sundays were an exciting time as more and more people converted and were baptized. It was at this point that I was pressured to get baptized. I couldn't quite understand what the urgency was since I was already saved. Then someone said to me that unless you pass through the waters of baptism, you cannot be saved. Something niggled at my spirit, and I went back to the Word to check it out, and it turns out that this church had an incorrect interpretation of baptism and believed that Christ and baptism saved you. This caused me to eventually walk away from this church. With all of their great outward warmth and love, they were still teaching error, that being saved was not grace alone, but included some work to get there. We see this in many cults today, errors in scripture challenging the divinity of Jesus, salvation through Christ alone, or earning your way into heaven through works. How do we know and understand which is the broad road and which is the narrow road that leads to salvation as we walk on this journey uh, towards heaven? How can we make more informed decisions on this walk? As believers, we need discernment to understand the right path to choose. We desperately need discernment because we have decisions to make each and every day that are not specifically told to us in Scripture. For example, We may know that it is good to work at everything as though we're working for the Lord, but that doesn't help us make a decision of whether we should perform that work in Sydney or Melbourne. We still have to make a decision about where that work should take place. We may know that it's a good thing to be married, but that doesn't help us figure out who we should marry. Each and every day, we have little decisions that are shaping our lives. What will I spend my time on today? What will I spend my money on today? And what will I spend my talents on today? And these small everyday decisions end up becoming our life. They end up forming what we do with our whole life. So we need everyday discernment to know what is best. Unfortunately, discernment is an area where we as Christians often stumble. We often don't measure the things we are confronted with against the truth in God's word and we unwittingly engage in all kinds of unbiblical decision-making and behavior. In short, we are not armed to take a decidedly biblical stand against the onslaught of unbiblical thinking and attitudes that face us throughout the day. 
Our verses from Proverbs today say that the heart of the discerning acquires knowledge, for the ears of the wise seek it out. And the discerning heart seeks knowledge, but the mouth of a fool feeds on folly. Today we'll use these verses and many others to understand discernment and wisdom and how best to seek it out. Scripture gives us general principles for life, but followers of Christ must use wisdom to discern how to apply these principles to some of these concrete issues in our day-to-day living. In Vijay's sermon on Proverbs, we heard that knowledge and wisdom are closely tied together in Proverbs. Knowledge tends to focus on correct understanding of the world and oneself as creatures of the magnificent and loving God, while wisdom is the acquired skill of applying that knowledge rightly, or skill in the art of godly living. We then heard from Luke on the purpose of life and three ways to find that purpose in the book of Proverbs. Go to Jesus, go to others, and go to your gifts. This concept of wisdom has fascinated me for a long time, both in my spiritual walk as well as my personal and business life. I was looking for a a way to try and visually describe what wisdom might look like and how we can categorize it, especially if it comes from God. What is the practical way that we can travel this wisdom journey? I thought of these pyramids, which you see on your screen now. I often use them in business and also my personal life. The one on the left is used for business, and on the right is one for healthy eating. Uh, Although I think the one on the right changed a little bit over the years, so it just shows you how fickle uh, food and eating has become. In my search, I found a very interesting wisdom pyramid from Brett McCracken, author and senior editor for the Gospel Coalition. I've customized it slightly in my sermon today. We will use the remainder of the sermon to unpack these layers uh, around this wisdom pyramid. Let's set some groundwork first in our exploration of Christian wisdom and discernment. Where can wisdom be found? Job describes describes it best when he says, Where shall wisdom be found, and where is the place of understanding? Man does not know its worth, and it is not found in the land of the living. The deep says, It's not in me, and the sea says, It's not with me. It is hidden from the eyes of all living and concealed from the birds of the air. God understands the way to it, and he knows its place, for he looks to the ends of the earth and sees everything under the heavens. And he says to man, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom, and to turn away from evil is understanding. Let's say that this circle represents God, the source of all wisdom. For the sake of this exercise, I've made a circle that is finite, but scripture talks of an infinite God with infinite wisdom that no person can understand. Romans 11 says, For who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has been his counselor? Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable are his ways. One of my favorite verses, actually. As part of our imagery, we have a window into this infinite God, the word of God, the Bible. Through the Bible, the Lord has given us a glimpse into his nature, into his character and into his holiness. Hebrews 4.12 says, The word of God is living and active sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Although the Bible is rich and beautiful, it is only a small glimpse into the character and majesty of the eternal God that we serve. 
More importantly, the Bible is the specific revelation about Jesus and about our Savior. And it's a, a revelation about God's redemptive plan for all of us. Looking into the infinite God through this window is you and I and our growing understanding of the things of God. What's important for us as believers to grasp is that the authority of the Bible does not depend on our ability to understand it. Since we started with no knowledge of God, we were those that the Bible calls fools because we said there was no God. In fact, the Bible called us enemies of God. Then God did a miracle. He replaced our hearts with, of stone with hearts of flesh. And he said that he would remember our sins and lawless deeds no more. And then he put his laws on our hearts and wrote them on our minds. He then said he would transform us to be more like his son and also promised that he would complete the work that he had begun in us. Praise God for this endless list of promises that he's given us. And one of his greatest promises is that he has not left us alone in this world. He has given us his spirit to continue and complete the work begun in our lives. Through the scripture and the spirit, he is renewing our minds so we can discern his holy and perfect will. As created beings, our knowledge and wisdom are finite. And because of this, we often lack wisdom and discernment. Because God is eternal and we are mortal, divine truth cannot be compressed into the lifespan of any one human being. For this reason, divine revelation is progressive. And we need the Spirit to continue to teach and transform us into the image of His Son. This process requires humility and a willingness to be changed. God isn't interested in our being right so much as our being made right, both with Him and with one another. Part of that journey of discovery began when you first acknowledged Jesus as your Savior. The rest of that journey is your journey of sanctification, where Proverbs encourages us to seek for wisdom as though it were a hidden treasure, and James tells us to ask for more wisdom. From our diagram, you can see that our knowledge starts small, but grows with the help of the Spirit. Paul says in 1 Corinthians, These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. Paul also teaches us that whilst we have the Bible as a source of truth, the Spirit also teaches us and grows us in ways that are broader, miraculous, and sometimes mysterious. But this occurs always through the lens of the Bible. If you feel the Spirit is telling you to get a divorce, rest assured that is not through the lens of the Bible and it is error. As we grow in wisdom and knowledge of Christ, we'll increasingly meet the challenges of a broken world. And little by little, we'll discover and experience all our Lord has planned for us. 2 Peter 1 verse 3 says that God has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. Yet another great promise that the word and the spirit, that with the word and the spirit, we have everything that we need to live lives of godliness, everything that we need to be discerning and wise. So with that foundation set, let's take what we have learnt and build our own pyramid of wisdom. We place God first as the source and foundation of all wisdom. The Bible is next as a window into God's character, and the Spirit is one who helps us grow into wisdom. Our next source of wisdom 
And you can see the layer actually getting a little bit smaller because it's less wisdom. It comes from the church and Christian community. Luke referred to this last week as going to others to find our purpose. Proverbs 27 says that iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. And that where there is no guidance, a people falls, but in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. There is a rich source of spiritual wisdom, guidance, and history that we can tap into for counsel within our church and Christian community. This is why belonging to a local church is so important, because it provides us with access to brothers and sisters in Christ, who we can know and be known by. It's kind of like that example of the coal. You know, if you've got coals in a fire, you take one of those coals out and you put it to the side, it's not going to maintain its heat for long and it's going to go out. And that's what it's like for us to be outside of the church and outside of the church community. We're not sort of charged by that fire which continues to allow us to burn bright. Our next layer of wisdom is creation. Whilst the Bible is the specific revelation of wisdom and of about God and Jesus and his relationship to us, all right, creation is what's referred to as the general revelation about God. Psalm says that the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech and night to night reveals knowledge. What this means is that for those who say that there is no God, they have no excuse because creation is shouting out the message that God does exist. In fact, those that don't see this are accused of actively suppressing the truth as we see in Romans. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them through his creation and through the works of his hands and his specific revelation. When faced with a difficult decision or need of some discernment, how often have you gone for a walk on the beach or in the forest? You see the beauty all around you, and it provides a kingdom perspective to whatever you're facing. You appreciate the hands of the Creator and praise Him for His beauty. Who of you fathers and mothers weren't blown away by the birth of your kids and that whole process of creation and new life? I remember thinking that I never really truly understood how much God loved me until I looked into the face of my children and realized just how much I loved them and that I would die for them. No book could have taught me this lesson and given me this wisdom. This past week, the elders went away to Marysville for our retreat. Some of you may have been up there, uh, but we were treated to a wonderful time of encouragement and fellowship. Um, and we were also treated to the beauty of the recovery of Marysville off the back of the Black Saturday fires some years ago. You know, it took only 14 minutes for that town to be completely wiped out and for many people to lose their lives. But have a look at these before and after pictures on your screen. A testimony to the regrowth after tragedy. A lesson on God's restorative, restorative power. The part that stood out to me most was that in the hands of a master gardener, it looks so much better. Colin, who is you know, the owner of this property, he's a horticulturalist. And he pours his love and talent into cultivating this property to look as good as it does in the picture on the right there. Isn't this so similar to how the Lord, as the master gardener of our lives and of creation, cultivates his creation for his glory and for his pleasure? If you are going through a rough time today, 
What can you learn from your Savior when you see his hand of restoration on his creation? It may sometimes feel like your life is like the image on the left-hand side, but be assured, in the hands of the Master, you are being transformed again into a new creation. These are the lessons that we can learn from that layer of our wisdom pyramid. Our next source is wisdom from books. We learn so much from books, and not only the ideas in them, but the habits of thinking that they cultivate in us. They help us to be disciplined and patient, to take longer amounts of time to process and wrestle with an idea. That can be so hard in today's world, where anything that takes longer than a few minutes to read is hard to justify. We have become a fast food generation, being fed on small snacks of information without spending much time immersed in the many sources of great literature out there. How much has been written about Jesus over the centuries? How many great authors are there on a wide variety of topics from the Bible? A good test would be to compare your Christian bookshelf with your secular bookshelf. What does that tell you about the wisdom sources that you are tapping into? One of the things I appreciate about Luke is his constant reading schedule of books from across the Christian spectrum, giving him wisdom that he can then share and impart to us using that as a source. But don't just stop at Christian books. There are many great works of fiction and non-fiction, poetry, philosophy, literature out there available for you to tap into. Spend more time reading books than wandering aimlessly around the internet. I've been working through some books on John D. Rockefeller and Genghis Khan. They have taught me a lot about what Timothy warns about wealth and the love of money and power and the consequences of that. Even these secular books contain great wisdom and insight to help us and guide us in our day-to-day walks and future decisions. A word of caution, however. Like all the other sources of wisdom, the challenge is to read these books through the lens of the Bible and the help of the Holy Spirit. Our next source of wisdom is mainstream media. As we move further up this pyramid, the wisdom diminishes, but our need for discernment grows stronger. Let me reiterate that. As we move further up this pyramid that we're creating, the wisdom diminishes. It gets less. That's why it's getting smaller. But our need for discernment actually grows and grows wider. So we're building off that base of Christian discernment that we learn from the Bible and the Holy Spirit. I think we can all agree that media companies nowadays are not always bastions of truth and factual reporting, but powerful arms of politics and mass influence for political gain. Hannah Anderson, in an article from the Gospel Coalition, says that in a world of fake news and alternative facts, it can seem like we live in competing realities. Your truth isn't my truth, and whatever we personally want to believe becomes truth for us. This makes for a fractured world where we're isolated from even our friends and neighbors. She goes on to say that discerning people know that truth isn't a private matter and that we must have shared truth to flourish. Discerning people are willing to submit themselves and their ideas to scrutiny, knowing that opinions and commentary do not replace facts. And when they encounter information, or when discerning people encounter information they've never heard before, they test it, not by their own opinions or emotions, but by the larger body of shared truth. Ultimately, discerning people know we all must submit to the one who is the way, the truth, and the life. 
If we are feeding ourselves a constant diet of fear-mongering, anger, and division from the media, then we will reap fear, anger, and division in our lives. I'm not surprised that depression and suicides are at an all-time high during the pandemic, when mainstream media often paint such a bleak picture and use such inflammatory language to keep you glued to their message. If you find you are spending more time watching news and world events, more than you are in other godly sources of wisdom, then I would encourage you to put some disciplines in place to create the right balance in your lives. Then you'll be wiser as you interpret what is being fed to you by these sources. So yes, whilst media companies can provide some sources of wisdom, I would encourage you to eat from this plate sparingly. This principle also applies to our next layer, which is entertainment, which includes movies, television, streaming services, Netflix, all of those things. In this broken and fallen world, we can be tempted to comfort and distract ourselves with mindless entertainment. This can bring us temporary happiness, but discerning people know that lasting happiness comes from eternal things. This space of entertainment is a minefield, and you need to be discerning around what messages are being fed to you and your family, and especially your kids. I'd recommend that when you watch a movie, Focus on trusted sources and content recommended to you by wise people or sites that give godly reviews. We use common sense uh, to review entertainment before we make a call. You know, sometimes it takes us so long to find a movie that everyone just gives up and we go back to some series that we've already watched. It's a sorry state of affairs when we're looking into how much media and entertainment has changed over the years. We recently subscribed to, again, to a service called VidAngel in an attempt to watch the good and exclude the bad. Uh, so VidAngel is the service that overlays your streaming services and filters out all the things that you want to filter it out. Uh, it's still a work in progress, but uh, it's, we found it pretty useful. Always bear in mind what Paul says in his letter to the Thessalonians. Test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Finally, our source of the least wisdom. And no surprise what sits at the top there, social media. Facebook, Pinterest, Twitter, TikTok, and the ever-growing list of other forms that distract us. Social media reminds me of what James says about the tongue. The tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. It is the junk food of the wisdom pyramid, and like all junk food, is designed to appeal to your senses. Too much of this can be extremely unhealthy for you. Snacking continually on these juicy morsels is bad for your mental and spiritual health and you need to have a strong grounding in the word and biblical truths to navigate this menu with wisdom. When you see certain trending topics on social media, it truly is uh, a reinforcement of that saying which is the blind leading the blind. Treat this wisdom level with a dose of good biblical discernment. Resisting the allure of these technologies that have been designed for addiction is no easy feat. Like most addicts or addictions, you will need to ask the Lord for help to untangle you from it. And you will need to do your own part and build certain habits and disciplines in order for you to not be dependent upon these sources. So that's the Pyramid of Wisdom. One thing you'll notice about this Wisdom Pyramid is that it goes from the most enduring up to the most fleeting. So at the bottom, where we've placed God in our pyramid, uh, it's eternal, and he's the foundation of our wisdom. 
And the other side of the spectrum is the media, movies, social media, all of these things are temporal, fickle, and they change uh, on a daily basis. If we compare this pyramid to the current trends we see in our society today, it looks more like it's been flipped, doesn't it? With the bulk of wisdom coming from those areas that typically have the least wisdom. Which of these wisdom pyramids is yours? You might take some of those layers and change them slightly differently as well. But which one do you think you tap into the most? Remember one of our verses for today, Proverbs 15, 14. The discerning heart seeks wisdom, but the mouth of a fool feeds on folly. Are you feeding yourself more on a diet of entertainment and social media and less and less on the true source of wisdom? Are you shaped more by society and popular opinion than by God's word and spirit? Paul encourages us to grow in maturity in this area so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. I'd like to close with the story with a bit of an example. Some years ago, Laura and I <clears throat> excuse me, were considering migrating to London. And we were seeking God's will. What was his will for our lives? Um, where did he want us to go? What was the right thing to do? And uh, a wise believer applied a portion of this pyramid to our lives uh, and basically said, well, what you need to do is read your Bible. What does the Bible say? Read the Bible. Pray, fast, check your motivations, all right? ask other believers, make your decision. And that's pretty much a little bit you can see in the image I've created there, those bottom layers of our pyramid. Now, we may not have used all of those layers of the pyramid, but we started in the right place. And what I actually found was quite amazing from what this individual um, said to me was that if you do those things, if you read the word, if you pray, if you fast, Right, if you check with other Christian resources and other believers, and if you check your motivations, by the time you eventually make a decision, it will be the will of God. And that really stuck with me as, as we eventually made that decision to move to London. And it really was the right decision. It was the right decision in time for our lives. You know, It strengthened our marriage. It got us out of debt. Uh, it, uh, it moved us into a great biblical church uh, on, on that side in, in London. Uh, and really was a great blessing as we began to even explore more of God's creation on, on a different part of the world. So that was the process that we went through as we uh, worked through that wisdom pyramid. So just in closing, cry out for discernment. Lift up your voice for understanding. Seek it as silver and search for it as hidden treasures. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. As for those of you who are unbelievers, you do not have this wisdom or discernment because you have not begun at the starting point of wisdom, which is the fear of the Lord. That is the beginning of wisdom. My prayer is that his Holy Spirit will visit you this morning. For you are dead in your sins, but you can be made alive through Christ. I pray that the Lord will give you wisdom and understanding to realize that you walk in slippery places always in danger of falling. But remember, the way of salvation is plain and simple. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Let us pray. We thank you, Heavenly Father, that on our journey through this life, that you have given us so many promises that we can hold on to. But Lord, you've given us your word 
the journey that this Bible has taken to arrive in our hands today is a fantastic journey. And many people have lost their lives so that we could hold the source of truth in our hand today. And it is the window that gives us a view into your grandness, Heavenly Father. Your infinite, eternal goodness is, a, is just this little window that we can tap into, Heavenly Father. We thank you for it. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that uses your word to continue to grow us and to make us to be more like your Son. And we thank you, Lord, that you have given us this. We've been given everything that we need to live those lives of godliness and that we can take with the help of the Bible and the Holy Spirit we can begin to discern more the other sources of wisdom that we feed into our minds and into our lives and our behaviors, Heavenly Father. Oh Lord, for those listening to the sermon, we know that sometimes these internet services and sometimes social media and a few other things can be highly addictive and extremely difficult to remove from our lives. And so we pray for wisdom and discernment for you to help those people to put the right disciplines in place so that they can once again create the right balance in their quest for, for wisdom, Heavenly Father. We do thank you for this time together this morning and pray for your rich blessing in the week ahead. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thanks for joining us for our weekly message. If you live in the southeastern suburbs of Melbourne, we'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning service. All the information can be found on our website, follow.church. You can also follow us on social media at Follow Baptist Church.